0: Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, 9 for Title IX series. This episode is Episode 7, featuring Sharon Moultrie Bruner, presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. This is episode seven of our Nine for Title IX series, celebrating 50 years of Title IX. With us is Sharon Moultrie Bruner, the first woman to earn All American honors at Texas Tech University. She earned an athletic scholarship as a member of the women's track and field team after originally joining as a walk on. After college, she has served as the head track and field coach at South Grand Prairie High School for over 35 years. Before that, she coached at Workman Junior High in Arlington. All told, Sharon Moultrie Bruner has coached young athletes in Texas for nearly 40 years. Thank you so much for being with us, Coach Bruner. You grew up in Pampa, Texas, and had a P.E. teacher early on who recognized your athletic talent.
1: When I was in sixth grade, he was a coach at the high school, and he played for the Green Bay Packers. He was my P.E. teacher in sixth grade, and he would always tell me, you're going to be an athlete. You've got some really good talent. But we played dodgeball against the whole team, just him and I, and I mean, I did all these different skills, and he would always say, you're going to do something one day.
0: How many sports were you playing uh, when you were young?
1: You know, the only thing that I really played uh, growing up was softball. I played softball every summer, and then of course in high school, I ran track in high school. I also played basketball, but, you know, we played the half court. Like, you play offense and defense on the, on each side of the court. I played that at my rec center in Pampa. So, yeah, it was not full court for women. In high school, it was my senior year when they started our basketball team. But they wouldn't let any seniors play on the team when we were able to play full court. They wouldn't let the seniors play on um, the school team because they were wanting to develop a younger team and not let seniors play and then graduate. They didn't even have a half-court basketball in, in the in the in high the schools. I played it at the rec center. But my senior year, they started a basketball team, full court. They would only let 10 and 11th graders play basketball my senior year. That was in 77, 78.
0: And how did you get involved in track?
1: My ninth grade year, I think that was my first year to run track. My PE teacher took me up to the high school. And I outran almost everybody at the high school. I went up there a couple of times to work out with the high schoolers during my PE class. And we didn't have but one or two track meets maybe in, in the middle school at ninth grade. And so I would go up and work out with the high school. Uh, my PE teacher would say, okay, I got somebody that, that's pretty fast. So I'd go up two or three times, not very often, just go up a couple of times and work out with the high school. So really that's how my track started.
0: I read, you know, when you were in high school, there was a track meet called the Top of Texas Invitational. It sounds like that took place in Pampa.
1: That was just our home meet. We only had one home meet, but the most important big meet that we talked about was in Amarillo. There were a lot of people like from Lubbock and all over the area that would come to that meet. Now, Pampa, we just had a regular, you know, Top of Texas there. That was our regular home meet. I don't remember a lot about that because we always had one meet per year at Pampa. But usually when we did have that meet, we ran against a lot of the Amarillo schools and Amarillo Palladura. That team always, always, always went to the state track meet. And then the Amarillo Sandys, they always had a really good track team.
0: Where else did the Pampa track team travel to for meets?
1: We went to Parrington. We went to all the little towns. Uh, close by, Borger was always a big meet. But, you know, we didn't travel very far, but everything was around there. Periton, Pampa, Borger, Amarillo. I mean, so, you know, I don't remember us having a lot of track meets, but we always stayed pretty close around Pampa. You know, we didn't travel too far. Going to Lubbock, when I went to Lubbock for regionals, that was always such a big deal because you know only a few people have got to go.
0: And I read you missed state just by hair, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Yes, my senior year, I just missed State by, I think it was a quarter of an inch my senior year. The thing about it is I love track, but I was also in choir, and that year we were going to Florida for our choir. We had a competition at SeaWorld, and my mom had scraped up all this money for me to go. We paid deposits, and I was going to have to make a decision if I made it to State. So it worked out, but I placed third at the regional meet that year, and I just barely missed going to State. Also that year, I ran the relay. We ran the 440 relay. That was my junior year because everybody else on that relay were seniors except myself, I think.
0: And then what was your senior year in track like?
1: I did long jump. I ran the 100-yard dash. And I did run relays. I did run the, the 880 relay and 440 relay. Of course, they were yards. And that year, my senior year, I did get... The track award the outstanding track award
0: what were your college options and, and why did you choose texas tech
1: well you tell you what i didn't really even have um, an offer both my sisters graduated from west texas state it was west texas state at the time and i spent a lot of time on that campus with them and so i just wanted to make a name for myself i wanted to go a little bit further away from pampa. that was my thought process when i went to tech and then I didn't have a scholarship. when I went down I didn't plan on running track I really wanted to play softball when I got to Tech softball was a club sport they didn't have a real team or oh, they had a team but it was a club sport it just started out going to practice there and uh, did that for about I don't know a couple of months and then I ran into Felicia Freeman who who had run track at Palo Dura. I mean her and her family all of them went to state every year and a whole ton of events, I ran into her and she said, why aren't you running track? And I'm like, I talked to the professor in the PE department and she also taught the track and field class. She helped with registration, but you know, she said, I don't think there's going to be college material for track. And I'm like, okay. So I said, I'll just play softball. And she said, you'd have to talk with a coach about that. And I'm like, all right. So basically when I enrolled there, she basically said, you haven't talked to the coach yet, you probably won't be able to run track. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'll just find this softball team that I, you know, I really love softball, played it forever. And then I ran into Felicia Freeman, who, like I said, she was a track star at Paladura during high school. I saw her on campus and she said, you need to come out and work out with us and see if you like being on the track team. So I did that. I was going to track practice, and I was also going to softball practice until they told me, you can't do both. We do this the same season, and there's no possible way you can do both. And finally, the track coach said, you know, you come out here and you do well, and you know, I'll be able to give you some scholarship money.
0: That's about 1978, I'm
1: guessing? Yes, 78, 79, during my freshman year is when I walked on to the track team.
0: And then... Um You went to nationals in 1979 on the relay,
1: I read. That's right. That's correct. I qualified for nationals. I earned a scholarship, and I long jumped, and we ran the four-by-one. Yeah, so I qualified for nationals my first year.
0: What was that meet like, the national meet? That was an AIAW meet.
1: It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a great experience. We got a chance to compete with people on the national level. We didn't know what we had gotten into. We, just, we were just excited to be out of the Lubbock area and being able to compete because that year we didn't really travel much. Our first AIAW conference meet was in Kingsville and that's the farthest that we had traveled um, from Lubbock. <laughs> so We were excited to be able to fly to Michigan.
0: So that, that's just your freshman year. That's pretty outstanding.
1: I had one of the best jumps in the state of Texas at the end of my freshman year. So I, I you know, qualifying for for nationals and, and with the relay. And like I said, the people on, that I ran on the relay with, all of those girls had gone to the state track meet like year after year. I, all the girls that I ran with on the, on the relay. Felicia Freeman from Amarillo, Pamela Montgomery, she was from East Texas. And then another young lady from Breckenridge, Texas, she had gone to state every year also. So I was on the team with all these people that were used to running on that level. I mean, they were great. And I was pretty excited to be able to do what I did. And I kept up with them. I was always taught that if you're going to be a part of something, then you got to work really hard at it. So that was one thing that I prided myself in. Is You know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be competitive and I'm going to work hard at it. So I got out there and was running the time that they were running, and they'd been to state. So. I was pretty excited
0: about it. When we return, Sharon Moultrie Bruner will share about becoming Texas Tech's first female All-American athlete and discuss more about her groundbreaking athletic and coaching career in our 9 for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North.
1: Hi, this is Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, and I listen to the Texas Hall of Fame
0: podcast. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Fairfield Inn & Suites free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North your home base on the road. Welcome back to our Nine for Title IX series featuring Sharon Moultrie Bruner on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North. Be sure to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on its social media channels, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook to keep up with all of the great things happening at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. It's very inspiring that you walked on to the Texas Tech track team and earned a scholarship even after that professor had discouraged you away from the track team during registration. Even more inspiring is that you became an All-American after all of that.
1: That was my junior year. I was All-American long jumper and in the four by one. And then again in my senior year, I was All-American in long jump.
0: You were the first woman to be All-American at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. is that right?
1: Yeah, I, yes it was.
0: How did you find out that you were an All-American and?
1: You become All-American if you place in the top six at the national meet. And I didn't, I, didn't, I had no idea until later on in the summer of my junior year, the end of my season, um, I was named All-American in the long jump. And then I didn't know that until really in the summer. My coach contacted me. And she said, you know, you were the first All-American in any sport at Tech. And I'm like, no. And that's also how I found out that I was going to get a scholarship my sophomore year because in the summer, you know, the coaches sent out the summer workout and they'll send you your scholarship papers that you have to sign in the summer to come back the, the next year. And I got my contract in the mail saying, you're going to be on full scholarship after my freshman year because of your accomplishments and you know, they tell you what you get, you know, your dorm and books and all that kind of stuff. So that's how I found out. So after I competed um, my junior year and I got sixth at the national meet, I found out then that I was all American. My coach contacted me and said, you know, you're the first and I'm like, I had, we had no idea. I mean, I had no idea and I don't think she did either until someone else brought it to her attention it was announced when we come back at the beginning of the following year it was announced and i tell you what it didn't really hit home to me really until after i graduated because that was not a goal i said i just i was just competing and having a great time really i really didn't think about it until after i was done and then i realized you know what i, I did some good things i had an opportunity to do some good things i had a great coach and she worked as hard and i worked hard You know, I worked hard, had great work ethic. I felt like that I was just out there working hard and just trying to to compete every week. It really wasn't that big a deal until after I graduated. And then I realized, hey, you know, I did some good things. I did
0: some good things. Yeah, you did some great things. (laughs) That's amazing. And you mentioned your coach a couple times. Who who was the women's track coach at that time?
1: Well, Beta Little was the coach my freshman year. Beta Little, and she she was only there my freshman year. After that, it was Jarvis Scott, and Jarvis was an Olympian. I tell you what, track practices and everything was so much more intense because she knew exactly how to get us to compete on the national level. She'd been an Olympian, and she's competed all around the world, and she'd been a coach at, at another college and all that kind of stuff. So the intensity of the track workouts and everything just It went up a few
0: notches. And just to give everyone some background, Jarvis Scott ran in the 1968 Olympics for the United States. And she was the first American woman to reach the finals in the 400 meters. She also won the national championship in the 400 meters four times. Coach Bruner, a lot of athletes mention how their college coaches taught them something meaningful. What was something that Jarvis Scott taught you?
1: I tried to carry on the legacy that she started and some of the things she taught. There's lots of things I can think of, but I remember with her, you just had to be more focused and more driven. You couldn't just come out and just walk out like, okay, I'm gonna go to practice and I'm gonna be done with it. No, you had to focus on what you were doing. I remember her often interviewing us, making sure that we were prepared to be interviewed by other people. If someone came up from the media, she would kind of prompt us on how to be ready to talk to the media, what you need to say, uh, (laughs) you know, exactly what they're looking for you to say. Mental toughness, being prepared when you go to a meeting. How do you mentally prepare? I just wish that I knew half of the things that I knew when she was there, when I first started. She would kind of reference Olympians they're doing this, so you need to do this when you come out on the blocks or just all kinds of mental things that you have to go through being an athlete. And I, I hadn't heard that before uh, uh, in high school or even my freshman year on how to mentally prepare for a meet.
0: I saw an article when the Quirky Center opened that you were quoted. You were kind of jealous of the facilities that the track team has now. What, what were the facilities like when you oh were gosh. there?
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think what's there now. We had an a old barn that used to be the gymnasium. And we had weigh-ins there. We did physicals there. And that's kind of where we met for team meetings and all that kind of stuff. And it was an old gym. They've torn it down now. We also had kind of a it was kind of an old weight room. You know, I mean, if you call it an old weight room, it had a couple of weights in it, a couple of bicycles in it, exercise bicycles. It just wasn't much. And when Jarvis came, she kind of, Got us an opportunity to work out where the boys worked out sometimes. We did, not all the time, but when they built the UC, we started lifting weights at the UC most of the time. We didn't get to lift where the football players were lifting because we had, like I said, we had that old barn and that's kind of where we met for meetings. And I mean, we'd do a few things there when it was cold, we'd stretch out there, but for the most part, we were outside. So they built the indoor facilities that you see, I think where they play ball and all that stuff, We we worked out there inside on the courts. It's the rec center, the student rec center. That's where we work out sometimes. We would be running around while they're playing basketball in the middle uh, and volleyball. I think volleyball practice there's some too. We would be running on the outside of the courts and we got a chance to lift weights there because we didn't really have the facilities like the football team. So, you know, I I coach and teach, but my team that would come to Wellbook, when they started setting up a nice dressing area for uh, the track team. We couldn't believe it because we didn't have a, a place to dress. You didn't have anything like that. and um, The little restroom area is still there, but when you go back in the back part of the building, which used to be I think maybe one office back there. Now they have a very nice dressing area. They have a nice facilities back there. They have all kinds of stuff. I just can't believe it. We had none of that. <laughs> we had nothing. We just dressed at the at our dorms and you come ready to go.
0: And sometimes you, you were practicing, if it was too cold, you were practicing at the student rec center then?
1: Yes, yes, uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, when they built, yeah, when they built that, that's what we were doing practice. We didn't have the facilities, the indoor weight room and all that stuff that the football players had.
0: Early in your career, you were sanctioned by the AIAW. Then later in your career, it did transition to NCAA? Did anything change? What was that transition like?
1: That was right around my senior year, and it didn't change for me a whole lot. Nothing really changed as far as what I could see. We just, we had to do drug tests more often. I think we had more officials, just little things that I noticed. You know, more officials were there, more teams were there, but just little things that we noticed. The awards seemed to be a little bit better, you know, they would give out bags sometimes or t-shirts for awards. It wasn't just the medals, you know, sometimes we get the little medals like you get in high school, but they started giving away nicer awards for winning.
0: And you must have won some as a senior, you were an All-American again, what What was your senior year at, at Tech like?
1: It was different because a lot of my teammates that I started out with as freshmen were not there. So. I'm like the senior with all the young athletes coming in, you know. So I'm like kinda trying to be the mother to them and take care of them and kind of show them the ropes of how the coach works, what she expects. Because a lot of the people that I've run with my freshman through junior year, they didn't come back and run their senior year or they graduated. My roommate, Felicia, she graduated, so she wasn't there. So our relays weren't as strong as they had been. But mainly, my senior year, I really focused on my jumps because our relays weren't as strong as they were in the previous
0: years. You brought up long jumping, and I did see—I I th- think—in the '80s, you have like five or six of the top ten jumps at Texas uh-huh. Tech for the uh-huh. entire decade. Can what was uh-huh. what was your long jump career? What was what was kind of the secret to it? And I had
1: some great coaches, but. There weren't jumping coaches, and I think about now how there's specialty coaches at all the universities now. There's actually jumping coaches, and so that I didn't have, but I loved it. I loved it from high school, and I worked out with the jumps with the boys. We would go out and work together. It's just it's so different than it now than it used to be, because now we have a coach that takes care of the jumps, and there's a whole series of workouts and off season that jumpers can do. And when I first walked onto the track, I said, I don't want to run, I just want to jump. And so um, Beta Little says, well, how do you expect to get down the runaway if you're not going to run? And so for the longest, my freshman year, I didn't even work on jumps, I was just sprinting.
0: Is there anything else about your college career or experience that you think is important?
1: When Coach Scott came, came she allowed us to actually like we competed on a different level. Like I said, we got a chance to travel a little bit more outside of the Lubbock area. And my junior year, she signed me up to be a part of Nike. And we had a couple athletes that she helped get on the Nike list. The only way you could be on the Nike list is if you had times and jumping distances that were kind of prep you to be able to go to Olympic trials. And my junior year, she got me accepted to the Nike list. And with that, they would send you new equipment. you call and say, can I get some new shorts or new T-shirts? So they would send me a package of just all kinds of stuff uh, from Nike. So I, I teased I t- I t- my athletes and tell them I got one of the first pair of Nike tights that they made. And it was like a prototype pair of, of running tights that I got. And I thought, man, I thought it was awesome being on this Nike list. They would, every once in a while, they send you a pair of running shoes, they'd send you a pair of spikes. So you get the opportunity to get some of their products for maintaining your times and jumps throughout the year.
0: Now, besides being the first woman named All-American at Texas Tech, you also set another first at Tech off the field as well. was
1: also the first black homecoming queen at Tech. I don't think before that, there was an athlete that had been homecoming queen. So it kind of coincides together. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, that was a time where the whole campus was very surprised to have a black homecoming queen to represent them. And I got a chance to be a part of the Cotton Bowl Parade. It was awesome.
0: After you graduated from Texas Tech, You became a coach and have served in that role for nearly 40 years now. How did you first get into coaching?
1: Well, my first two years, I was at a middle school in Arlington. I was at Workman Junior High in Arlington. And I worked there for two years. I was the head track, but I also coached volleyball and basketball. I coached seventh grade basketball and volleyball my first two years. I loved it, but I knew that I wanted to work with high school
0: students. And most of your career, over 30 years, has been at South Grand Prairie High School. How did you get started there?
1: I was on the lookout, and when that job came open, I just applied for it. And I've been there ever since. I was the boys and girls cross-country coach and girls track. I took two years off. Both my sons graduated from South Prairie, so my oldest son, after his freshman year, I stopped coaching and worked on my master's for a couple of years. I started back coaching after he graduated, so I got back in the head coach position.
0: And you've you've done that for a a total of about 30 years now,
1: huh? 38 years, uh uh-huh.
0: 38!
1: 38 years total. Two years at the middle school, and then I've been at South Prairie for 36 years.
0: Wow, that is that is quite an accomplishment, coming from a small town of Pampa, and uh-huh. uh, coaching for thirty eight years. That's that's fantastic. What and you've you've kind of alluded to it, but uh, a little bit. But what do you what do you try to teach your athletes? I try to
1: instill a lot of things in them. But you know, sports for me was not just being an athlete. You learn a lot of stuff. You learn how to be mentally tough. You learn how to be responsible. You learn how to work through things because, like I said, it's, it's life skills. I try to teach them life skills. For one thing, uh, academics is, is very important. If you don't get it in the classroom, you, you definitely can't do anything in the, at the track. So I let them know that you have to work hard. And, you know, I always tell them that, you know, in high school I wasn't the state person, but I worked hard and I accomplished the things because I worked hard. So I let them know that, as long as you work hard, winning is not always getting first place. Sometimes winning is getting a better time. And so we have to set goals with them because everybody's not going to be getting first place every week. So I, I try to teach them life skills. You know, if you can go through some of the workouts, then you've accomplished something. And even though I have so many of them come back to the coach, I just, I've learned so much. I'm so glad that I went through. I mean, they, they talk about the hard workouts, of course, but I do have them thank me for just supporting them and pushing them through because, you know, a lot of times they wanted to give up. And so I tell them, you know, you don't you can't quit in life. You know, so I try to teach them life skills, and they don't realize it's life skills until after they get out of there. And they come back and say, I was able to hang in there, even though this was tough, I didn't have to drop that class. Or, you know, I wanted to quit my job, but I decided, you know, I've gone through some tougher things. So I said, when the tough gets going, the going gets tough. You got you to gotta hang in there.
0: And we're asking everybody this to fill in the blank, if not for Title Nine, and then fill in the blank.
1: If not for Title Nine, who knows where we would be, because thinking about where it all started for me at Tech and the facilities that we had and what we dealt with and the things that we compared ourselves to as far as the football, what they had and what we didn't have, um, the weekly stipends that they got for just to take care of themselves. We never got that. I mean, it's just little things that we can think of that we, we just felt like that we were not ever on their same level. The letter jackets that they would get every year, we never got one of those. I mean, it's just little things. And even up until now, uh, even at my high school, um, there were some things. There was a Title IX um, grievance that I'd gone through many years ago at Southern Prairie with just having some of the same things, same salaries. Um, if not the Title nine, who knows where women would be? Still, sometimes there's still, you know, there's still a deficit in the things that we have now. There's still some differences. But if I think about how it started for me as an athlete and where we are now, we are slowly catching up. But, you know, we're still not there yet, even with the WNBA and their salaries and that type of thing. So we're getting there. We've made lots of progress, but we still have a long way to go
0: you yourself have personally come a long way growing up in pampa walking on the texas tech track team earning two all-american honors and then influencing the lives of so many young people as their track coach what goes through your mind when you stop to reflect back on all of this
1: when i think about all of this I just think how blessed I was because it was just a a gift from God because I had such great teammates and such great coaches and God chose me so I'm just really um, when I talk about it I just I'm really thankful because it's a gift from God there's no way growing up that I knew that track was gonna be my thing I mean I enjoyed it and I worked hard at it but I didn't realize and this is one thing I try to tell my athletes I just didn't realize it would take me this far.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of our 9 for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco, and when you do, book your stay at the Fairfield Inn & Suites, Waco North. Please be sure to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on its social media channels on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to tell your friends about the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast.